Hi, everyone. This is Jake Kerr, and welcome to The Joy of Writing. In this podcast, I'm going to walk through the writing of a short story in real time, much like the beloved Bob Ross did in The Joy of Painting. Um, You can get a copy of the story that I ended up with, so you could go through uh, at your own leisure. Uh, and kind of look over it as I'm writing the story uh, via our Facebook group. And that website is facebook.com slash groups slash joy of writing. And then uh, you can grab the uh, the document there. It's available in uh, ebook, Kindle, as well as a PDF. And you can kind of go through and uh, join me. Well, that's going to happen after the fact. Right now, I haven't even started the story. So this is how it works. Every week, I take a prompt from from the Reddit, uh, the popular Reddit uh, group, uh, writer prompts, uh, writing prompts, I'm sorry. And then I uh, sit down and I write this uh, story in front of you during the podcast. The goal is to teach you the process of writing from uh, a writer, as well as to kind of illustrate the joy that is that process. It's not intimidating. It's not difficult. It's not really, um, you know, anything other than immersing yourself in your imagination, finding the little bits and pieces that bring you joy and the little bits and pieces that you can share with others in the writing that you do. All right, let's start this week's uh, story. Uh, I wanted to do something special. You know, one of the things we're going to do on the Joy of Writing podcast is go through the specific tools that you can use. Various tools are not word processors, keyboards, operating systems, and things like that. Those are tools, but the tools that you use, like a painter would use as they're creating a painting, uh, like a palette knife or a, a um, you know, straight brush, things like that, are the actual tools in the paint. Uh, the colors of the paint are the things that use to compose sentences and paragraphs and stories. Things like tense, um, adjectives, even as basically as adjectives, how paragraphs are put together. Those are all the tools that you use to relay the imaginative story that you want to relay. So one of the things I'm going to do uh, throughout this series is talk and focus about a specific tool. The tool I'm going to do today is dialogue. Dialogue can do a lot. It is basically the emotions that a person is expressing to other people in the story. It can be false. He could be or she or they could be saying something that is overtly a lie and that they know is a lie. It could be self. uh, It could be kind of like basically them lying to themselves. So they could say something that they believe is true, but is not. Uh, It could be something that is just overtly true and they say is true. It can be touching. It could be angry. It can be all of those things. That's the power that dialogue brings. It takes a person and has him or her and they interacting with others via their voice. The, uh, the power of dialogue uh, means that it is also very difficult uh, to kind of grasp uh, as a tool. You, when someone speaks something like, he ran to the park, you don't know who that person is. It could be a man, a woman, could be a child. Uh, it could even be an animal if it's a story where animals talk. So dialogue has to kind of serve two functions if it's at its most efficient. It has to relay the character of the person saying it as well as the meaning of what they're saying. And the meaning can also have two meanings, what the person receiving that message hears and what the person sending it intends. All of these things are part of the joy of putting dialogue together. And playing with dialogue is great because you can sit down and talk to yourself as you're working through 
the story. Um, the rule for this story that I'm about to write is uh, the rules I'm going to use are two. It has to have a beginning, a middle, and an end. So it's actually going to be a narrative. By the way, we will get to this in future episodes, but a short story doesn't necessarily need to have a narrative. It can be a character sketch that slowly unfolds in front of you. It can be a uh, vignette that takes a scene that has it unfold in front of you. But for this, in most cases, I'm going to talk about an actual story, a narrative with a beginning and a middle end. Okay, first rule is the story has to have a beginning, a middle, and an end. The second rule is it's only dialogue. Yes, we are going to write a story that has no description, uh, no dialogue tags or attributions. So there's going to be no he said, she said. It is going to be written in the form of a play. Now, why is this not a play and it's a, sh- and it's a story? Because even a play has pieces that are there to augment the story. You have scenery, you have the actors creating actions, a playwright. Think of the word playwright. It's not W-R-I-T-E, like writing. It's W-R-I-G-H-T, like a shipwright. You're building something, and it's just the skeleton of what you're building. The play itself is is made up of many little pieces. So what we're going to write is a story that only utilizes dialogue. So there's an important difference there. We have to somehow, in this story, get all of the pieces together just using dialogue. It's a, it's a pretty high order of uh, difficulty, uh, but I think we can pull it off because the prompt I chose is freaking awesome. The... Uh, the, the, the prompt this week is a granny, a granny. So we have an older woman and she's a grandmother, accidentally summons a demon and mistakes him for her goth grandson. Okay, so that's the prompt. I have to write a story about a grandmother who accidentally summons a demon and mistakes him for her goth grandson. So let's sit down and prep our writing session now. So the first thing we need to kind of realize is that um, we need to set the characters up using only dialogue dialogue. Um, But before that, let's set the scene. The grandmother is going to have a demon who she mistakes for her goth grandchild. So she doesn't see clearly. Is he in another room? Is he sitting next to her, but she can't see him that well? Um, you know, we'll, we'll kind of create something there as we go along. So uh, she's going to mistake him for her goth grandson. Maybe it's a grandson that's visiting. She doesn't even know that well. Something like that. Um I think I'm actually going to go with that. Let's say it's her grandson that she's expecting, and she is uh, cooking lunch for him. It's her first meeting with her grandchild, and her parents, have, the child's parents, have already warmed to her that he's goth and that he's different. And uh, and grandmother is is kind of steeled her nerves for that. Um, but she summoned a demon. How did she accidentally summon a demon? Well, I like the idea that she's cooking, because cooking uh, means that she's uh, using ingredients and putting it together and intonating, cursing herself, cursing something, taking God's name in vain because she put a little too much salt and pepper in it. Maybe she cut herself with a knife. The blood went in. This is very similar to the story, The Mangler, that Stephen King wrote, uh, you know, almost 50 years ago, 40 years ago, uh, where uh, a uh, demon took over a laundry machine uh, based on just an accidental situation. All right. So we got the framework for the story. We've got a grandmother. By the way, I I, I vaguely kind of thought of some of these ideas before, but I'm kind of talking them out with you so you get an idea of how I bring the story together. Uh, The challenge is that I have to put all these pieces together. Now, maybe if I didn't want to use the cooking thing, maybe she is meeting her grandson, um, you know, at a funeral. 
and she says a prayer or something and or you know there's any number of scenarios we can use and I recommend that you do the same you can go out and write this uh, story yourself using your own personal scenario all right so let's sit down and start it remember we're gonna start with we're only using dialogue so the first thing we need to do is set the scene using dialogue um, and uh, we'll have the grandmother start and the, the, the demon's going to be really easy. The demon will have a deep voice and he'll, he'll have formal diction and he'll say, why have you summoned me? And, and we're going to be able to kind of get his character pretty easily because uh, that's the way demons uh, speak, at least in my world. And uh, that's what I'm going to present. But what we need to do is have her set the scene uh, and uh, do it only via, via dialogue. Okay, so let's start it down, uh, with uh, her saying, her recognizing that she hears someone in the other room approaching. Is that you? Uh, Alright, what name do we got to use? Uh, is that you? Let's do something kind of classical. It makes it, kind of brings it together here. Percy, I like that. Is that you, Percy? Alright, now the demon's going to reply. Uh, you have summoned me. Is that you, Percy? You have summoned me, woman. No, that's too much. You have summoned me, and I am here. Simple to the point. Well, okay. How's she going to reply? He summoned me. She's going to reply to that, but then she's going to, we'll do something about, I have to put this stew down because I cut myself and, and things like that, and we're, we're going to set it up there. Okay. Well, your mother is the one that summons you. Don't you give me no lip. A boy has no business being away from his grandmother for years. All right, he's in the other room. Where are you? By the way, where are you, by the way? Uh, now we set up the fact that she can't, she's not going to recognize him. I broke my glasses am making this stew almost by touch in the kitchen and oh, let's just uh, we'll go to that ground later so where are you by the way I broke my glasses and am in the kit am in the kitchen why don't you wait in the living room and I'll bring you your lunch all right, demon. All right, let's make him a little bit of a smart alecky demon. I love smart aleck demons ever since reading the Bartimaeus trilogy by Jonathan Stroud. Bartimaeus is a demon that's summoned by a young magician, and he's he's a bit of a smart ass. Uh, so let's do that here, and uh, and have the demon uh, be somewhat contemporary, but but not entirely. Here, there, it matters not to me. I'm more concerned about what you require at some point we got to really un clarify for the reader because we're only using dialogue here we have to clarify that this is a demon we're going to do that quickly though but right now we want to kind of continue to set the scene without actually using any uh any any kind of set scenery so one of the things we're going to do is to have her explain what's going on because she's in another room so that uh, she's she's sounding sociable and at the same time the uh she's she's sounding sociable it's not coming across as like uh i know you know all this 
this, but I'm going to explain it for you anyway, which is really aimed at the readers. We don't want to do, it's called As You Know Bob, like As You Know Bob. We don't want this to be something that the demon knows. We want it to sound natural. Well, that's very, so she's going to reply. He says, uh, I'm more concerned about what you require. That's very nice of you, Percy. But you are at your grandmother's house. See, we're setting the scene. And I would like to, and it's customary for us grannies. Remember the prompt was granny, so we'll play upon that for us grannies to feed our grandchildren. Again, we're setting the scene, but we're doing it in a way that's not as you know, Bob. She's kind of explaining it to, uh, she's she's countering his comment with a, with a comment that actually is indicative of the scene. Here, not that it matters to me. I'm more con- concerned about, uh, it matters not to me. There you go. I'm more concerned about what you require because he's a demon. He's been summoned. What the heck does this woman want? Just get it over with so I can go back to the to the ninth circle of hell or wherever he came from. Uh, well, that's very nice of you, Percy, but you are at your grandmother's house and it's customary for us grannies to feed our grandchildren. So give me one moment. I'm afraid I cut my finger while stirring in the all right what would be a ingredient that combined with blood would at least give us a hint that she did something mystical uh you know wolf's bane all of those things would send like wolf's bane and and uh, blood wart and you know all of that which would be kind of medieval sounds kind of silly in a uh, contemporary story about a grandmother making a stew of some sort so we're going to play a little game here we are not going to reveal it to the reader. Uh, we are going to uh, have the grandmother hide it as her special recipe. So we're going to let the reader fill in the gaps because that's one of the great things about writing a story is it's collaborative. We can leave certain things unsaid knowing that the reader will fill them in. And if it's something scary, they'll fill it in with something that's even more scary than I can come up with. If it's something uh, loving, it will be something more loving. In this case, it's going to be an ingredient that seems uh, exotic. So it will be a, an, an exotic agreement that the reader fills in. So give me one moment. I'm afraid I I cut my finger while stirring in the special ingredient to my secret stew recipe. Now, don't, don't go, don't be asking me what that ingredient is. Maybe we're playing it on a little thick here, but you know, that's what revision is for, is I promised to hand it down to your Aunt Mabel. How about that? (laughs) Aunt Mabel gets the secret stew recipe. We're left to decipher what that ingredient is that mixed with her blood that she did unintentionally mixed to uh, summon the demon. The methods of summoning demons. This is the demon speaking now. Are not anything I need or even want to know. Please uh, just tell me your your wish, your request, or your command, so that I can be off. 
All right. I think we have a nice sense here that it's a grandmother. She's baking something. She's lost her glasses, so she's kind of playing it by ear as she's stumbling about the kitchen. She accidentally cut her finger. She summoned the demon based on those secret ingredients and blood mixing and her saying something, you know, we don't know. We'll leave it unsaid. The demon is very clear in his diction or in, in how he's speaking and also what he's speaking, that he is a demon that's been summoned. She still thinks it's her grandson that she hasn't seen in years, and that's going to be her reply. He says, uh, just tell me what you want so that I can be off. Now, Percy, your mother told me you were into this goth. You were in a goth phase. <laughs> you were in a goth phase. But that doesn't mean you need to be rude. You will wait on the sofa like a good grandson and give your grandmother at least a little courtesy as I bring you your lunch. As you wish. Not only... Uh, really, a, a kind of a cliche, but it's really a great, uh, a great comment in an all dialogue uh, story. One of the things I'm thinking about here is okay, we have a beginning and a middle and an end. I don't know. I want this to be humorous because I love the concept that it's humorous. Uh, now it's time to start thinking about where we're going to go with it. Um, she's going to come in and sit down. He's going to look like a demon. She's going to think that he's goth. We'll have some fun with that. The demon's going to keep saying, like, what do you want from me? Because he's been summoned. He wants to do what he needs to do, and he wants to get out. Um, she's going to say, I want you to be happy, something like that. It's very funny. And then, But I don't know where it's going to conclude. So here's the here's the challenge we face as writers as as we're uh, using our imagination as we write. Do we kind of think about where we want to go at the ending, or is this next section a standalone piece that we can do on our own? I'm going to say that it's a standalone piece. We don't need to get to a specific point based on what I want to do in the next section. We can just have fun with it. It's gonna. There's no plot to push forward. This is an experiential type of piece, a humor piece where the the story itself is how these two, the, the fish out of water, which is the demon and the, the grandma who thinks it's her grandson, that interaction alone is the point of the centerpiece of this. Then what we'll do is as we're writing that out, we'll look for hints. As we're using, letting our imagination fly, we'll look for hints on how we want to end it. And I assure you, at this point, I have no clue how I want to end this. That's part of the beauty of this podcast. I am creating this in front of you as, uh, as you're listening. All right. So the demon has just said, as you wish. Grandma's walking in. Well, that's kind of you. That's more like it. Remember? She just kind of told him for a little bit of cursing. She goes, well, that's more like it. Here I come. I'm coming now. No need to make room. Room on the sofa. I know how you kids are today with not wanting, not only not wanting hugs, <laughs> but not wanting to be close. So, she says so, and I have an M dash, meaning that she's been interrupted. She sees him. She walked in and she sees him. Let's go through. As you wish, 
Well, that's more like it. I'm coming now. No need to make room on the sofa. I know how you kids are today with not only not wanting hugs, but not wanting to be close. So, M dash. She's been interrupted for something. So here's the question. We have to... Since she's interrupted herself, there's a there's an awkward silence. Her staring somewhat open-mouthed at the demon that's sitting on her couch. And... Uh, we need no now normally in a, a regular narrative we would fill it in with she gazed upon the demon but we're, we put a greater challenge here for us we're only using dialogue so we need to either have her so period and then continue her talking but that's not a big enough pause for me she's going to be wide-eyed at this monster in front of her but the, the really fun part is that she doesn't see a demon she seems a she sees a whacked out grandson that's even worse than her daughter had had mentioned to her his goth look is the worst and she's seeing this through kind of blurry vision because she doesn't have her glasses on so she's shocked there's a, and that's a pause for her taking it all in let's feel it in with the demon. Now, I'm not sure how I want to do this. The demon's looking at her and let's say he sees her carrying in the stew and he'll reply, is that ambrosia? Now, it's silly. Ambrosia is the food of the gods, but it's, it's something like a demon, like a demon who's cursed to hell probably doesn't have a good opportunity for a lot of food. And if she's bringing in food, let's make it, let's, let's raise the stakes. That smells delicious <laughs> all right the demon's suddenly like hey i want to help you out but that smells delicious is that ambrosia uh no this is my world famous granny let's give it a name we could go really over the top and make it granny smith which is just so obvious but let's not do that granny uh all right she summoned a demon so there's got to be some power in her blood going back so uh uh plantagenet i don't know uh uh pendragon no that's too obvious too penhollow now granny mame whatever let's do that don't have to get the names perfect when you're first writing a first draft you can always come back uh oh no this is my world famous granny no i don't like it's gotta be a last name windsor it's regal king arthur-ish <laughs> because it's the king of england i know this is my world famous granny windsor stew all right now before i set this down i want you to mind your manners there is a hot plate on the Okay, so before I set this down, I want you to mind your manners. There's a hot plate on the ottoman and a cloth napkin. Make use of both, please. I do not have hunger for stew or other worldly foods. That's the demon, of course. All right, now Granny's going to be a little offended, and she's also going to pull that into the fact that he looks like someone crazy. Now, Percy Windsor. You know Granny's serious if she uses your first and last name. Now, Percy Windsor. What did I tell you about being rude? I will not allow you to 
visit me and have me go to all right she's gonna rant this is great because when you have a rant someone just lets loose and as they let loose it makes sense to us as a reader but not only does it make sense as a reader the ranting can relay all of the things that are that are kind of bottled up inside her and it also relates to the reader the facts so we're gonna see finally that granny sees that this guy looks not like a goth well she thinks he's a goth but she's gonna finally see the demon and she's gonna lay it all out there and the demon is uh you know we'll get to his response in a second i have no idea it'll be funny though now percy windsor what did i tell you about being rude i will not allow you to visit me and have me go to all the trouble of making my famous stew only to have you sit there and sulk in your black gothy garments and my goodness your mother did not tell me that you had so had so many tattoos is that a hat or are those body is that a hat and what kind of hat is that? She's going to think his horns is a hat. <laughs> all right. Now, Percy Windsor, what did I tell you about being rude? I will not allow you to visit me and have me go to all the trouble of making my famous stew, only to have you sit there and sulk in your black, gothy garments. And my goodness, your mother did not tell me that you had so many tattoos. What kind of hat is that? We're going to do some um, italicizing here to, for emphasis. And what kind of hat is that? <laughs> I'm just, now we're going to bring it full circle, remind the reader that she doesn't have her glasses on because now we'll, we'll get the idea that she doesn't notice that it's a demon. I'm just glad that I broke my glasses. I'm afraid to imagine what you, what else is going on with you. Such a grandma thing to say. Such a parent thing to say. Demon is now going to be demon. Woman. Now he's going to insult her. And this is going to lead to some more humor. I don't know how, but we'll get there. Woman. I am a demon of the fifth level. Serving Asmodeus. You have summoned me via some the using the magic now he's going to give some hints that the blood she mentioned earlier was part of it magic of blood desire and magic if somebody via you have summoned me using ugh, you've summoned me using the magic of blood and desire desire isn't right it's grandma blood and I mean it's right but it's not right you know blood and desire it's it's gonna have different connotations woman I'm a demon of the fifth level serving as Modius. you've summoned me using the magic of blood let's leave it at that because Grammy being granny is gonna say when she hears blood she's thinking blood relative and this is where it's gonna be funny again and now I want to ask you how do I come up with these things 
these may be really not very good. I'll leave that to you decide. If they're not very good, that's still okay. I'm writing something and we're having fun and we're taking joy in the writing process. The next time it will be better. The time after that it will be till better. But let's just, for the sake of argument, say that this is pretty decent. I'm having a fun conversation. It's humorous. It's engaging the reader. We're getting to a point where he identifies himself as a demon and he uses the magic of blood and she's going to go from that to blood meaning blood relative. Did I plan all of that? No, I just followed where the story took me. And I, you know, there's going to be little bits and pieces that I'm going to cut. There's going to be places where I uh, maybe decide to go a different direction. For example, if I didn't like the cooking in the kitchen idea, I could have completely scrapped all these words and started from scratch. But I got lucky and I kind of like where we're going. So blood, let's continue. Woman, I'm a demon of the fifth level serving Asmodeus. You have summoned me using the magic of blood. Oh, Mr. High and Mighty Grandson, let me tell you about blood. Your mother and your father sacrificed their sweat, tears, and yes, blood for you to have a good education and to live in a nice house with in a nice house to live in a nice house and this is how you return their good wishes your blood mother It's a little awkward, but I think the granny is going to play off of that, and we're going to actually double down and make blood italicized. Your blood mother, because she wants to bring it home, asked us to get together out of concern for our family breaking apart. What do you have to say to that? All right. Demon's completely confused. What the heck is going on? I don't know. Let's see. Um, what do you have to say to that? Demon's going to say... See, this is where writing becomes a challenge. We've come to a point where I think we have to start thinking about how this is going to end. You know, Dragon just wants her to tell him what to do so he can depart. And she just wants to have peace. So maybe that's how we're going to end it. He will finally extract out of her a wish. And that wish will be something that she has no idea (laughs) he's going to have the power to fulfill. And... uh, that is going to be where the humor lies. So right now, let's let's go to the next point. What do you have to say to that? He's going to say, I have nothing to say other than to ask you, what do you want? Why have you summoned me? She'll take a shot at his language, thinking it's goth-like. Why have you summoned me? Oh, dear. Is that what you are calling visiting your granny today? A summoning? Well, I'm at least thankful you're 
asking me what I want because this is it. My grandson spending time with me while we enjoy a Sunday lunch. I know you're probably a bit uncomfortable with that hat with the horns and the leather, leathery outfit you're wearing, but I do appreciate the effort. All right. So we're getting close to the end here. This is a very short story. It's going to be probably come in at about a thousand words, which makes it great for a flash story. Flash is any story that's under a thousand words. Some people define it as 750, but I think the the typical definition is under a thousand words. And that's where we're going to be with this. A short story. It's going to be definitely shorter because we're only using dialogue. And um, let's uh, let's bring it home. You're probably a bit uncomfortable with that hat with the horns. Uh and the leathery outfit you're wearing, all right, she still doesn't quite get it. I am afraid your request was not clear. It is, all right, now he's gonna kind of tease her a little bit. The demon's gonna comment that normally when you ask us unclear questions, it's either to trick us or we don't ask you to be to clear up your request because we like to trick you. But in this case, I just have no idea what you're asking. So the demon's going to go down that road. And I think that's very humorous and it leads us right to the conclusion. I'm afraid your request was unclear. It is true. Now, tradition demands that you make the wish as unclear as possible so that you can trap me and I I ask you to make and I embrace a wish that is as unclear as possible so as I can trick you however in this case I must admit that I simply do not understand what you desire most. All right. Let's bring this home. He's made it clear. I don't know. Just tell me what you want. She's like, I just want you here. I'm glad you're here. So we're going to end it with that. She's going to say, look, I'm just clear. I'm just glad you're here. And you've given me everything that I want already. Demon's going to reply. Maybe he'll say something. Just give me what I want. So let's go down that road and, and kind of bring it home. That's oddly sweet of you, Percy. But all I want is here. My grandson enjoying a Sunday lunch with me. Do I need to ask for anything more than that? What a sweet grandma, right? She's come around. Goth grandson. He's talking weird. He's been rude to her, but she's like, hey, you're here. What a sweet woman. Demons, now he's frustrated. He's like, come on, do I need to make myself more clear? Perhaps I was not clear. No, he's not going to say that. We're talking about clear too much here. Unclear, unclear. Woman, do not mock me. All right, he's going to take that as she's mocking him. That makes sense to me. Demons have no sense of 
you know, warmth, familial feelings. Tell me what you want, or I will... And he's going to pause, because there's nothing he can do. She summoned him. He's under his control. So he's, or I will... What will you do, Percy? I get your act. You're the tough goth boy with all the tattoos and weird clothing. You're tough. Well, that act may play with your friends, but not with me. Fine. You want to know what I really want? What I really want is for this entire nightmare that has been my family for the past... Oh, she's going to go. She's going. This is where it is. Uh, 50 years to just disappear. Do you think I wanted a husband who drank? Do you think your mother cared at all about me when she knows um, something about the will? Oh, do you, do you think your mother cared about me more than my will? I know why you are here. It's not for me. It's for the will. Well, you can all go straight to hell. I've had enough. You... All right. I hit the wrong button here. This is her venting again. Remember, when you uh, when someone is venting, they're just letting forth what's in their heart. And in this case, she's giving us a ton of backstory that brings this home. Now, I didn't plan all this. This is just kind of like the demon pushed and pushed and pushed. And finally, she's overflowing. He's been rude to her. She's been nice. She's cooked him this dinner. And now he's pushed her again. And he called her woman, says, don't mock me. Tell me what you want. And she thinks that he's mocking her. She's had enough. I've had enough is what she says. I want you all out of my life. Go to hell with a lot of you. The demon replies, that wish is a common one. I bet. Now, what she's going to say. Now, I want him to end with as you wish, because that's how he uh, kind of opened things. And it's a really great way for a demon who who's giving wishes to, to kind of uh, end things. Uh, let's do it that way. Um, he's going to say, as you wish. All right. Now what we're going to do is we're going to add a, we're going to make a scene break here. You can do that with three asterisks. If it's a document, you can do it with uh, just a double line. I want to make sure that we understand that this is a break in reality. So I'm going to do like uh, three asterisks and uh, have that be the break. And then underneath that, what is Granny going to say? All her family is now in hell. And the uh, she's going to know it somehow. Maybe let's go back. Let's revise a little bit. 
we want the conclusion to be that they're no longer part of her life. Let's go back and say, I've had enough. I want you all out of my life as if you were never part of it. Go to hell with a lot of you. His comment is as you wish. Now, why did I leave an extra plate on the ottoman? I must be getting batty in my old age. Granny. No, no. She's going to call herself by her real name. Carol. This is what you get for never having married and having a family. You start leaving extra plates out when you're old. The end. All right, that was fun. So let's walk through what I did. I uh, and you've you've been here along with me. This is a story using uh, a very fun prompt. A granny accidentally summons a demon and mistakes him for her goth grandson. We added a challenge of doing it all through dialogue, so we got to appreciate presenting backstory. We got to appreciate uh, presenting context. We got to, to appreciate how you can have misdirection as well as presenting uh, character all through dialogue. And that was a lot of fun. So uh, I hope you had fun as I went through this. I highly recommend you sit down and you do this same prompt yourself. Pick something else if you have your imagination running wild and you want to write something else. I just wrote, let's see how many words this is. It was about 45 minutes. I wrote about 900 words. Uh, so roughly a thousand words in an hour. Uh, you can do that too. A thousand words in an hour. Do it maybe three times a week. That's 3,000 words a week. 10 weeks, that's 30,000 words. 30 weeks, which is less than a year. You've got 90,000 words, which is a full novel. You can write a novel every year. I know you can. And you can do it while letting your imagination flow and enjoying the joy of writing. This is Jay Kerr. This has been The Joy of Writing. Thanks for joining me. 